the party begin. It's downtown, it's on my car. Did you pay insurance? No, it's a rental. There's 15 fights going on. Holy Demora. Um, yeah, good. Certainly got the game by the button. By the what? Go on, finish it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Raw Live, where your opinion matters. Whether you're watching on Facebook, Raw TV, or listening to the podcast on iTunes, thank you so much for joining us. Well, the Wallabies June Internationals are mercifully over for 2017. They had a humiliating loss to Scotland, two unconvincing wins over Italy and Fiji, and have probably rightly copped their fair share of criticism. The most notable of which uh, was probably a Facebook post, which was a real heartfelt and um, pointed post at the Qantas Wallabies um, by one Jack Quigley, who we've got online. Jack, how are you going? I'm well, guys. How are you? Really good. How are you, Jeffers? Mate, going well. Going well. All right. Well, should we get stuck in? Absolutely. It's been a while since we've spoken about rugby. Too long. Yeah. Too long, in fact. Well, I guess all over the media, all over online, um, just the pitchforks are out, really. And like we said, it's probably fair. Some of the rugby was really, really hard to watch for the Wallabies these past three games. Jeffers, for you, what was, I guess, the worst or the most disappointing part of these last few games? Um, I mean, unfortunately, there are a few things to pick from where the Wallabies are concerned at the moment. One thing that concerned me a lot was the talk about the players not being fit enough for test rugby or fit enough to compete against the All Blacks. I think that's something that, that's really concerning. Michael Shaker pointed it out uh, a few times in the past week. He mentioned uh, Tolu Latu in particular, promising young New South Wales hooker, who's kind of, you know, He's been touted as that successor to Stephen Moore and to Tafu Pilata now. And uh, Chaker said he would have played if he was fitter. Um, that someone, and it's not just Latu, obviously, there are a number of guys saying they didn't feel fit enough. That, that's a big concern. I mean, you look back when the Wallabies did really well at the 2015 World Cup, um, you know, they had this kind of finishing group and they had the ability to to end games really strongly and they don't have that at the moment. So, so that what that is what concerned me the most. It's worrying is that something so fundamental and seemingly so relatively easy to, to fix. Um, how about you, Jack? I know you obviously have plenty of thoughts on the Wallabies' performances, but what really stood out for you as the most disappointing or concerning thing about the past few games? Uh, well, how long you got? There is a number of <coughs> technical things which concern me and, and that was sort of Part of that letter that you alluded to earlier was um, that we don't seem to do a lot of just the basic stuff right, and that concerns me greatly. There seems to be a lack of skill that should be a given to be a professional rugby player, let alone a Wallaby, um, that we don't seem to be able to lock down. Just little things, we, we carry the, the ball in the wrong hand into contact a lot of time, and you know we don't compete in the breakdown enough defensively to, to put teams under pressure. That's why we often find that we're sort of without the ball for three and four and five minutes at a time and, and pressure eventually takes its toll. Uh, and there's also just things like clearing out of our own half. It's something that we've not been able to do for almost two years now and you know we still don't do it. It was a cake in point. It was right from the kickoff on Saturday against Italy. Um, we took the, the kickoff and then we ran a phase that really went nowhere but what it did do was it ran us out of our 22 which meant that we couldn't kick the ball out on the full anymore. And, as a coach, I lose my, you know, you know what, if, if my team does that, and we're an amateur team, because that's basic stuff, and yet the Wallabies are doing it, and 
what happened as a result was we had to throw the ball wide and then we dropped the ball and straight away we're under pressure. Like a minute into the game, we've got a scrum and Italy had the ball in our 22. I, I don't know why we don't just get out of our halves because you don't score many points in your own 22, but you give them away. So the, the basics for me would be get it out of there. The other thing is we still don't show anywhere near enough patience in attack. We've got to give these international teams some credit we, we often sort of go two or three phases of trying to hit the ball up and then we sort of give up because it's not going anywhere and then we throw it wide. We saw last year when we played England in those three tests and here in Australia got our pants pulled down at each one that England, Eddie Jones knew exactly what we were going to do. So he just told his team just to fan out and just we, he just watched us and laughed as we went from sideline to sideline and just didn't go anywhere because we kept trying to throw it wide without actually sucking in any of their defenders first. So... They're, they're, they're the alarming thing for me because they don't seem to be getting dealt with when they should. You know, I'm not asking us to come out and have the greatest players in the world, but, you know, let's do the best that we can do with the players we have, and I don't think we're doing that right now. That's what's uh, infuriating for me. There's an interesting point there about our kind of fascination with attacking down the flanks and going wide. When you think about the All Blacks, great running, attacking rugby side is the, kind of the first thing that comes to mind. You watch their game against the Lions on Saturday night after the Wallabies-Italy game, and while they've got these fantastic backline players, they made so many of their metres up through the ruck, up the middle with guys like Jerome Kano and Kieran Reid making hard metres through the middle of the ground, and then that opens up space for their, their finishers, their wingers, um, your Bowden Barretts, th those kind of players kind of need a bit more of that from the Wallabies, really. Make the hard yards first and earn the right to go wide. Jack, do you think we have the players to do to you know pull off that sort of game plan? Well, of course you do. You know, the guys, Adam Tolman is fast becoming our best player. Like, I know Israel Palau is getting a lot of quarters, but Adam Tolman was probably our best player for that whole series. And he's an example of a bloke who could do that. And Rory Arnold's a monster. He could do that. So, you know, Sean McMahon, when he gets fit, he could do that. So we've got blokes who can run at the line well and make metres. And even, this is sort of not the first bloke you think of, but a guy like Bernard Foley, when, whenever he runs at the line, he, he breaks the game line because he's got a great step on him and he reads what's in front of him very well. And with, I think that's why Bernard, and we'll probably touch on positives shortly, but I think Bernard Foley played well in that third game because Carmichael Hunt was outside him. So Bernard knew he could take the ball into contact a little bit more often without leaving his whole back line without a playmaker if he got stuck in the breakdown. So, you know, we, I, I would say, yes, we absolutely do have the players to do that because that's not something that takes a great deal of skill. It's about putting your head down and running as hard as you can with a ton of leg drive, just trying to break the game line. Because every time you break that magical game line, the defensive line has to turn around and retreat. And even if they only have to retreat a metre or a metre and a half, what it means is that they're on the back foot. They're not coming up with the line speed. And that's something that we saw... Last night in the Lions game against the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes' line speed is unbelievable. So you know exactly what you're going to get from those New Zealand teams. And the only way to combat good line speed is to force them back onto the back foot each phase. Well, let's do it. Let's switch gears now Now that we're here. Jeffers, how about the positives? It has been you know, all gloom and doom, but surely there are you know, some silver linings we can draw out here. There are. I mean, two players for me stood out uh, in the backs in particular. Lots has... Lots has been made about Israel Folau's performance, and while he certainly wasn't back at that kind of uh, that form that put him in contention for one of the best backline players in the world, it was good to see him start scoring a hell of a lot of tries for the Wallabies. I mean, 
six tries, three tests. Take that any day of the week from a fullback. Um, and also, Jack has mentioned uh, Carmichael Hunt. The Wallabies have been crying out for a good number 12 for a while now, uh, particularly since the last World Cup. And Hunt looks like he he's the answer now. He was really strong in defence, and that was reassuring to see. He was pretty good in attack as well. I think. Two try assists. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. He's kind of, I think he cemented his spot going into the Rugby Championship in the Bledisloe Cup, so he was a, he was a real positive for me. How about you, Jack? What was um, the shining lights for you in the last three games? Look, I'd agree with Dan on Carmichael Hunt. I think Carmichael uh, has been great, and he, his distribution, as I alluded to before, allows Vernon Foley to run the line a little bit more, but... Uh, I, the thing is, we've got Curtly Beal that'll be fit soon, mm. and, and Curtly Beal's one of the best 15 rugby players in Australia, you know, hands down. So, Curtly Beal will be in that lineup if he's fit. So, I'm just not entirely sure where he fits. I don't think Beal's a 13, so I would probably think he'd probably be more at home at 12. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Carmichael Hunt goes to outside centre, but, you know, that's fine. His uh, bravery in defence is admirable. However, I do feel he's a walking concussion, the way he tackles sort of chest first, head on. Um, and I'm sure that that's probably an issue that we, the Wallabies will have to face sooner or later. He's going to get himself knocked out in the, in the first five minutes of the game. So let's hope it's not a, a bladder flow or something crucial like that. But, you know, that was, he was probably the real shining light for me. The other one was, as I said, Vernon Foley uh, against Italy. Whilst there are parts of his game that are still not great, he's Passing isn't as crisp as it could be. His kicking game is still lacking, uh, although his, his place-kicking was good against Italy. When Bernard Foley is in good form, he's running at the line a lot. That's what we saw when he was good at the Waratahs, when they won the Super Rugby. It was Bernard Foley ran at the line a lot, made the defence commit. When Australia was good at the World Cup, Bernard Foley was running at the line a lot, making the defenders commit, get sucked in. And he was doing that both at the Waratahs and at the Wallabies when he had Kurtley Beale outside with that extra playmaker. And since the World Cup, he hasn't had that. He's had Reese Hodge outside him for the European Tour and then Tavita Kurandrani outside of him, neither of whom you would say is a playmaker. So Bernard's been very aware that if he gets caught in contact, as I said, there's nothing on for the next phase. So now that he knows that he can take the ball into contact and if Guinea can get in there and recycle the ball, Carmichael Hunt knows how to read the game well enough. He can pass both ways, left and right, really well. So the Wallabies are a threat all of a sudden because... For a while, as I said, when I alluded to the England series last year, we had no playmaker threats out wide. So England knew they could just spread out. And as long as they covered from one touch line to the other, we weren't going to get through them. So I'd like to see us run the ball at the line a little bit more. I thought that was a positive from the weekend. Goal kicking was obviously a positive. But the, the bottom line positive was we won the damn game, which can't be overstated. You know, this is a team that, and Michael Checker alluded to it when he spoke to me on the phone and then in, in the press later in the week, this is, our, our blokes week in, week out for their Super Rugby teams are losing. Uh, you know, even our best team, the Brumbies, lose more often than they win. So against Scotland, when the game was in the balance, we didn't have the guys with the confidence to go and take the game by the scruff of the neck and win it. And that was what was so pleasing against Italy, was I was in the stadium, I could feel the nerves. But with three or four minutes to go, we put some really good rugby together and went and won the game and put it to bed. So that, for me, is probably the ultimate positive. It's, it's not much, but you know, the only way you can build confidence is by winning. So at the moment, I'll just take every single win that we can get. Absolutely. We'll take it. Well, I've put this question um, to the rural audience and got a few good answers. A lot of good answers, but here are a few of the best ones. Uh, Piero said, 
Uh, they did beat Italy, I guess. Carmichael Hunts are positive. His passing, particularly at pace, is far more precise than many more experienced Wallabies. And he was also really happy with the second row of Coleman and Arnold. Uh, and then Vincent B has said, some nicely crafted tattoos on display is another positive and not too many in the neck area. So that's also a nice positive. We'll take it everyone that we can get, I think. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Well, let's move on uh, to the rugby championships, which will be the next big test. Um, obviously, Fiji and Italy, I think, um, 10th and 15, 15th in the world, respectively. Now coming up against New Zealand, you know, number one in the world, Argentina, uh, who can, I think they're ninth, they can prove they can knock off any really good team at their best. And then Springboks have suddenly emerged from a, a really disastrous 2016 and they've just uh, knocked off France 3-0 in a whitewash. Um, so a really big test coming up for the Wallabies. Jeffers, just quickly, how do you think the, the Wallabies are going to fare in the rugby champs? Uh, it depends which teams you are referring to. Against the All Blacks, on the basis of last week, you can't see it going anything other than ugly. It's a hot take. Um, <coughs> No, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and that's to be expected. Yeah. The All Blacks have been one of the best sides in sporting history over the past decade, and the Wallabies, to put it bluntly, have not. Um, against South Africa and against Argentina, though, I think there is a genuine chance for us to win out all our remaining games. Um, so there's no reason, like, they, the Wallabies should finish second in the Rugby Championship. You'd like to think they win at least one of their away games to South Africa or Argentina. And that should be good enough to see them finish second. I can't see them beating New Zealand, though. Nice. How about you, Jack? Uh, look, I, I'm, I know that I'd like to say something controversial for the show, but I, that was exactly <laughs> my note, what Dan has said like, quite literally. Uh, I, I think that we'll be a much better side come the Rugby Championship. I don't think we'll win any of our three games against the All Blacks. However, I think we'll win both of our home games against uh, Argentina and South Africa, and I back us to win at least one of those games on the road. I think, I don't think South Africa are back to where they were. That I don't think they're a very good side. Um, I know that they've just beaten France 3-0, but France quite often don't make the best tourists when there's nothing really at stake. Um, you know, we've seen them come out to Australia here in the past and really phone in some performances. So I'm not surprised at all that South Africa won that series. Um, South Africa will put a good 15 on the park once they get their admin in order because they have good cattle. But I sort of feel like Australia is probably still a better side when we play well. We're not playing well at the moment, that's granted. But I feel like when both teams are at their best, Australia will, will be the better side. So I, I have us probably finishing second in the rugby championship and, and I'd take, you know, home wins over South Africa and Argentina and, you know, a nice win in South Africa or something would be nice uh, as well. So, you know, I just, I also think the third letter flow in Brisbane is probably the one, if any, we're going to have a crack at New Zealand. I think that, you know, that it'll be done and dusted by then and New Zealand will win the first two. They'll win comfortably in Sydney and they'll win either four uh, comfortably in New Zealand. Um, but, you know, maybe the, the foot will be off the gas slightly for New Zealand. Obviously, Suncorp uh, should hopefully sell out for that one. There hasn't been a blood flow game there in a long time. So, um, you know, that would be the one where I'm hoping for a good performance from the Wallabies and, and hopefully at least run them close and show that we're making a little bit of progress ahead of uh, Japan 2019. Lovely. Well, let's, let's end on that nice optimistic note. Jack, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure, guys. Always good to talk rugby. See you next time, right? See you later. And you can check out Jack's uh, debut article on theraw.com.au and also next one... Next Friday. Weeks. Next Friday. Something like that. Lovely. Next Friday, I believe. Yeah, cheers. Looking forward to it. Beautiful. Thanks, Jack.
Uh, the Rugby Championships start 19th of August for Australia, 8pm uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time at ANZ Stadium. Jeffers, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure as always, mate. See you guys on the Raw or back here next time, this time next week. Cheers. <laughs>